We're in week five of our uh, Am I Doing This Right series, and if you're here for the first time, again, we want to welcome you. I want to bring you very quickly where, where we've been and bring you up to speed. Uh, this series comes from a question that I think a lot of us are asking, am I doing this right? And that happens in a lot of different areas of our life, whether it's relationships or job or even our faith. Like, are we doing this right? And so we've taught the very first week of this series, we talked about what is uh, this, and it's discipleship. It's following Jesus. And so the whole first week we talked about what, is it, what are we doing as, as Christians? Like once we surrender our lives to Christ, what do we do? And we talked about several things. We talked about conforming to the image of Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Secondly, we're supposed to be maturing in our faith, knowing him, obeying him, just like Bree said in her story, is stepping out in places where we can say, God, I want to know you more. I'm going to move towards you. And then thirdly, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we're to make disciples, to reach and care for and pray for and, and reach the lost for Jesus. That's kind of our 30,000 foot view. And then the second week, we talked about basically the starting point. Of a, of a disciple is the, the point of salvation, the point where we surrender our lives to Jesus and say, now, my life is now your life. Lead me. I'm yours. I'm the student. You're the master. I'm following you. And there's a moment where we start that process. We call it salvation. And then the next week, Marty came and spoke to us about the Holy Spirit and prayer. And that as we walk in, uh, on this hike, this journey of following Jesus, we should be seeing, we should be experiencing, we should be entering into a life of prayer as we build uh, our life of dependence on him. And then last week, we looked at Psalm chapter one to see what God's word says about itself. And we talked about this idea that as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as the student following the teacher, we need to know what the teacher's teaching. And we need to plant ourselves next to the stream of living water called Jesus Christ. And we're to marinate, we use the word marinate, we're to marinate in God's word so that the flavor of Christ becomes the flavor of us. So that as people meet us every day at our work, in our, in our neighborhoods, on a jog, whatever, as people interact with us, they will get the flavor of Christ from us. Because sometimes they're the, you are the only Bible they will ever read and you are the only sermon they will ever hear. And so as followers of Jesus, we have to be marinating and rooted in God's word. And so tonight, I want to talk about the next guidepost on our hike, on our, our spiritual journey. And that is that the disciples of, a disciple of Jesus should be experiencing, should be committed to, and engaging in biblical gospel-centered community. Like if we're going to be on this hike and we're going to be looking for like, well, what do we do now? What, what should I be experiencing? What should I be feeling Tonight we're going to talk about this idea that we should be together. You should be, as a follower of Christ, finding people who are going to walk with you, spur you on, encourage you, and be a part of a community just like Bree talked about in her video. But specifically tonight, I want to talk tonight about seven reasons. We're going to kind of go the opposite way. Instead of, instead of saying seven things you should do, I want to answer this phrase, seven things that people do that aren't experiencing community the way God wants you to. Seven reasons people aren't experiencing community the way God wants you to, because there's two people, well, really kind of two and a half, maybe three people. There's, there's the people that are not in biblical community, like you're not a part of any relationship group, friend group, whatever, that is gospel-centered, that is Jesus-focused. 
And you're just like, I don't do that. I go to church, but I, outside of that, I got nothing in my life. All right, so there's those folks. And then there's the people that are like, you're in a small group, you are in a community where people know you and, and you pray together and you study the Bible together, but you're dissatisfied with that uh, scenario. You're like, this is it? What, what's happening here? That's who I'm talking to tonight. People who are not in community and the people who are in community that are frustrated with community, which should pretty much cover everyone in the room. Because if you've ever had a friend, you know that occasionally they may not exactly be the kind of friend you need. Because the bottom line is this. When you don't bond with others, you will find yourself bonding with anything. And when you don't bond with what is life-giving, you will bond with things that are life-destroying. And so as Christians, we need to bond and connect with each other. Because you are going to bond with something. And if it's not Christ-centered people, then we're going to bond with anything. Anything that, that even, even remotely looks like community. So here we go. Number one. Seven reasons people aren't experiencing community is this. They are willingly or unknowingly, they ignore the scriptures. They either willingly ignore them or they unknowingly ignore them. Hebrews 10, 25 24 and or 23, 24, 25 says this, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more you see the day drawing near. In Hebrews 10, we're, we're being told, don't stop meeting together. Find your people. And there's two major like banners happening here. He says, we do this so that we stir one another up towards love and good deeds. The way I hear that is like we are, we are the chief uh, encouragers of one another because the author of Hebrews knows life is hard, life has its valleys, it has its mountaintops, it has its plateaus, and we need one another to cheerlead each other on and say, hey, keep going, be faithful, seek after God, confess your sin, seek his grace, worship him with me. We need people to pull us along sometimes, and sometimes you are the one that needs to pull somebody along. And when you're not in community, that's not even an option. You see, no one thrives in their spiritual life when they set out to do life alone. Wise men seek solitude. It is okay to get alone. I'm not talking about that. I wish I had more solitude in my life. I've got five people in my life that tried directly to ruin my solitude. I wish I had more. Thank you, Taylor. Taylor's here tonight. You can always hear her laugh. I appreciate it. She gets my jokes. But solitude is good. Wise people seek solitude. It is the fool that seeks isolation. It is the wise that seeks solitude, but the fool who seeks isolation. We get together because God uses his people, his kids, as a means of grace in your life. Other people can show you Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit in a way that you can't see him on your own. I don't know what your worship time is like in your car, but it wasn't like what we just had. We don't do that in our car. I mean, you may be a great singer, but come on. Maybe your shower, maybe, because the acoustics are really good. But we come together for a reason, to, spur, to stir each other into love and good deeds, to encourage one another. You 
are a means of God's grace to someone else. And so even depriving yourselves of community, you're depriving other people of what God's doing in your life. Like, I know, I'm going to pick on Bree tonight because she had a video, but like, I know Bree has been a great encouragement to her group. I've talked to her about it. I've heard it from her small group leaders. The valleys that she's been through have encouraged the other girls in the group. And the other girls in the group have encouraged her. So number one, the reason people aren't experiencing community the way God wants you to is because maybe you're unknowingly or unwillingly ignoring God's word and his, his command that we should be in community. Number two, the reason people aren't experiencing community the way God wants you to is this. They think they can discern their own heart and sort out through their own issues without bias or error. They think they can discern their own heart and sort through their own issues without bias or error. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. But in abundance of counselors, there is safety. You want to make safe, wise choices? Find biblical community. People who are studying God's word, who are marinating in God's word, who can give you wise counsel. Last week we talked in Psalm 1. In verse 1 it says, Blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the who? The wicked. And Solomon's saying the same thing right here. In Proverbs 16, 2, he follows up. He says, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful among all things. Jeremiah's saying, our hearts are broken. There's something messed up here. And I love it when pop culture shows us the truth of Scripture. Because if you don't think this is true, if you don't think having people around you with wise counsel is valuable, you need to spend not too much time, maybe a couple nights watching a show called The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Because of those of you who have watched this show, you watch it for one reason. You are the wise counsel, and you're watching the fool live their life. I mean, where was the wise counsel in these people's lives even auditioning for this show? Right? But you watch the show and they make choices. They say things. You're like, oh, no, you should not have said that. No, no, that was not the right response. Like, we know this. Like, we just watch this show and you know, you know what? You could use about 10 minutes with your people, your parents, your best friends from home. Like, you need them right now to give you wise counsel. Because when they're on that show, when they're in the middle of it all by themselves, separated from everyone who cares about them, they cannot do this, sort through their own issues without bias or error. Can't do it. So the moral of the story is don't offer a rose and don't receive a rose without seeking wise counsel of your community. Okay? Our world says follow your heart. I would disagree. I say no, don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus and inform your heart. Don't follow your heart Follow Jesus, and then you inform your heart from what you have marinated in each and every day of what is true and what is good and what is noble. Number three, the reasons people aren't experiencing community the way God wants them to is they want little accountability or conviction as possible. 
They want as little accountability or conviction as possible. In Proverbs 18.1, it says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He's listening to his heart. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Guys, here's the truth. Sin always isolates. Always. I don't know about you, but when I find myself with uh, having done something or thought something, like my first reaction is not to go shout from the mountaintops, look what I've chosen to do. Right? We don't do that. We see it in Genesis. Adam and Eve, when, when they disobeyed, when they sinned, they did not run to God and say, oh, by the way, if, unless you, I don't know if you're aware, this is what we did. What did they do? They isolated. They ran. They ran from each other and they ran from the presence of God. Sin always isolates. And in community, we need to be people of grace so that we can be safe to come and say, hey, this is what I've done. This is who I am. This is what I'm drawn to. This is what I'm tempted with. This is my baggage. This is my fears. These are my insecurities. This is who I am. Because can I be honest with you? They can't give you wise biblical counsel if they don't know you. And only you can be, let someone know you. They can't counsel you wisely if they don't know you. Our culture calls for affirmation, like tell me I'm okay. Because it feels good. But the Bible just plainly says we're not okay. We're broken. We are broken people living in a broken world. And we need a rescuer. We need a savior. We need someone to come in and make all the old things new. And that's what happens in community. In a biblical community, that's where people find healing. That's where they find encouragement. That's where they find Jesus and they get to know God's grace because they get to hear other people talk about how God has renewed them and restored them and saved them. Number four, another reason people don't experience the community God intended for us is because they're controlled by fear and or are unable to trust other people. Now, I get this. This one is a little tougher because some of y'all have been through some stuff with other people. And trust is hard for you. And I understand that. I don't want to belittle that. I don't want to say what you went through wasn't big. But I'll tell you this. If you're going to let a past hurt keep you from entering into a future relationship, you are going to find yourself isolating unknowingly. Not on purpose. You're going to find yourself alone, away, because your fear is ruling you. Your fear is controlling you. I went to a scary movie this weekend. You hear the laugh in the back because it was her idea. I do not like going to scary movies. I don't want to pay money to be scared. I also don't like going to sad movies because I don't want to pay money to be sad. Does not make sense in this brain. But we went to one. And luckily, it, we did not spend that much money because it was at the dollar theater. Praise the Lord. And we, we sat down. We knew it was going to be scary. It's, uh, it's, it's a movie about being really quiet. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's some moments in that movie where you're like, oh, this is not going well. Here it comes. Well, there was a moment 
Like we knew, we knew going in, we we were going to be scared, our hearts were gonna be a little faster, our palms were gonna get a little sweaty, and there was a moment in the movie where my wife says, you know what, I can't handle this, I'm going to the restroom. (laughs) She's gone. And I'm like, okay, we came for you. You wanted to see this movie. And now she's gone, and I, little Andy's there all by himself. No one to take care of me. No, just kidding, it was great. But it reminds me of this idea that when we're ruled by fear, we miss out. Because can I just let you in on a little secret? Because I got two jobs here. I, I do small group, I'm a small group pastor and the young adult pastor. And I can promise you this truth there are no perfect people, and there are no perfect groups. You need to enter into community knowing that you are, it's going to be messy. You're probably, there's a good chance you're going to get your feelings hurt. There's a good chance your expectations are not going to be met. But is that a good reason not to enter into biblical community and to be known and cared for? No. We don't use this logic in almost any other area of our life. Do you want to get married? Probably most of you do. Is there a chance that your spouse might hurt your feelings? Your expectations may not be met? Absolutely. Well, then don't get married then. If there's a chance of that happening, just don't do it. I can speak from experience on that one, and I can experience the idea of, well, should we have children? Well, it's going to cost me a lot. I'm going to sacrifice a ton. Um, They're they're not going to be my expectations. They're going to hurt my feelings. Uh, Every time my son walks up and grabs a chunk of my stomach (laughs) and says, Dad, you need to lose a few. I'm like, thank you, son. That's what I needed today. <laughs> like, it happens. But if I were to tell you, hey, listen, that's all going to happen to you someday when you get married and have kids. Your kids are going uh, to be expensive. You're going to sacrifice your life for them. You are going to be insulted by them. You are going to be disappointed by them. Uh, don't have kids. Just don't have them. No, because all the blessings of having kids outweigh all the other stuff. And so why would we use that as an excuse not to be in biblical community? Well, somebody might hurt my feelings. Yes. You are an adult. You can forgive. You can talk to them. You can handle it in a way that God tells us, listen, conflict is an opportunity for God's grace, not something we run from. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Guys, there, I did this in small group a couple years ago. I brought a knife and some, and, and some uh, sharpening tools, and it's not a good sound when those two things rub against each other. When iron sharpens iron, it does not sound pleasant. It's like, it's like hands on a chalkboard. You guys probably don't know what that is because you're millennials, but it's this thing you used to write with chalk on in your classroom. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If you don't put yourself in a position to be sharpened, guess what? You're going to be dull. That's the opposite of that. And you have to allow people in to your life to say, hey, sharpen me. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman. These are my issues. This is who I am. Sharpen me. What do you see in me? Number five, they claim that it takes too much time and effort. I'm not going to be in a in, in biblical community. I'm not going to join a small group because I might get my feelings hurt. Uh, it's not really convenient. I got to drive too far. Um, and I just don't have the time. I'm super busy. I just, I don't, it's, I, I can't fit it in. 
This is one of the weirdest Proverbs out there, but I'm going to read it to you anyway and explain it. Proverbs 26, 13 says, A sluggard says, There's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. And in the context of that verse, what he's basically saying is this, the sluggard hates everything that requires care, effort, or sacrifice. They are full of excuses. There might be a lion in the street. We better not go. There might be something that causes me not to be comfortable, so I'm not going to go. I'm just not going to do it. If you've been around me, you've heard this line. If you're good at excuses, you're probably not very good at anything else. Because you're really good at excuses. And so if you want to understand the kind of community God wants from you, or wants, sorry, not wants from you, wants you to experience, we need to be willing to enter into relationships that require effort and that require sacrifice. I see a lot of people leave small groups because they're like, you know what? I feel like I put a lot forward, but I just didn't get anything back. And honestly, the question I want to ask was like, well, okay, great. So what did you do? And when did small group become about you getting your needs met? As a Christian, we're called to love and care for one another. So do that and watch and be patient and let, let God work. This also comes to my mind often, especially when I talk to young adults. And I don't mean to be snarky here, but um, this thing about time and effort, about biblical community, can I just be honest with you? If you met the man or woman of your dreams, I bet you would automatically, immediately find time that you didn't previously have. You would. Because we make time for what we deem valuable. We make space for the things that we need. And if you go out to our party afterwards and you get asked out, you're like, ooh, wow, he's kind of cute. And he comes over to you and hands you some ice cream that was free, by the way, and (laughs) says, hey, why don't we go grab some coffee? And you're like, you know what? I probably can make time for that. Well, guess what? You can make time for biblical community. You can do it. You can do it. You're probably living in the most time-free era of your entire life. So buckle up. As Taylor and I like to talk about, like, dig your deep roots now. Because there will be a season where you're in the desert, where you literally don't have time. So find the time. Stop making excuses. Number six, they think they are the epitome of all human wisdom. We don't enjoy the biblical community that God has for us because we just think, I don't need it. I'm good. I know I'm super smart and I'm a pretty wise dude and, and I, just, I don't need it. Proverbs 26, 12 says, do you see a man, and this is the amplified version, do you see a man who is unteachable and wise in his own eyes and full of self-conceit? There is more hope for a fool than him. And then Peter in 1 Peter 5 goes into this little, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but 1 Peter 5, 5 through 8, he says, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Be alert and of sober mind. Guys, this is what community is for. Be willing to admit that, you know what? These people can help me. These people can advise me. These people can guide me. And God can use these people in my life to draw me closer to him and to sharpen me so that I'm useful in his kingdom. We need to build a life of dependence on God, not in the independence on ourselves. We have to practice building a life of dependence. And that might just look like you depending on other people 
to say, hey, what do you think? I'm about to go on a date with this person. What do you think? Hey, this is how much I make. What do you think I should do with my money? Am I doing the right things? With my, am I stewarding my money well? Am I stewarding my time well? Here's the things I'm involved in. What should I, should I be involved in that? Hey, would you pray with me whether I should be a part of this or not? I just want to make sure that I'm stewarding my time right. We need to come humbly and say, you know what? God has placed these people in my life for a reason. And lastly, the last reason people don't enjoy biblical community the way God wants you to is because they confuse getting together periodically with sharing life with one another. They confuse getting together periodically with sharing life together. Basically, lack of commitment. Hey, if I just go like once a month or twice a month and I, for an hour, I'm good. Proverbs 27, five through six says this, better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. When you're in superficial community that's uncommitted to one another, it's going to be hard to find that kind of friend. It says, hey, I love you enough to tell you this. Because too often our commitments are defined by our convenience. Just too often. I'm, I'm guilty of that. That if it's not convenient and comfortable, then you know what? I'm not going to be committed to it. Push through that. Push through that. One truth and two questions. Number one, God created us, us to commune with him and to be in authentic community with one another. That's what he did. God created you to be in a relationship with him first and then with other people to help draw you to himself, to help refine you and sharpen you. That's the truth I want you to walk away with tonight. God craves you to commune with him and to be in community with one another. My first question, where do you find yourself on the list that I just went through? It's not an exhaustive list. It's just seven things. Did any one of those seven things kind of touch a little too close to home? You're like, ooh, Andy, uh, too soon. Too soon, Andy. Like which one maybe just you, you kind of got a stiff neck about it. You're like, well, I, I am busy. I, you know, I am super smart. I don't need people. Like, you know, like which one? Which one stepped, stuck out to you? Because just preparing this lesson, I know at least three of them have stuck out to me. And then lastly, what step of obedience do you need to make in your life? How do you respond to God's word about biblical community in your life? How do you respond to that? What does it look like for you? Because we got a you know, hundred or so people in here. It's going to look different for everybody. Because guys, I hate to break it to you, but life is a lot more like The Bachelor than we think. You are your own person walking through this life and you don't know what's coming through that door. You just don't know. And how much better that show would be, how much the lives would turn out better probably a little less boring, or I mean, a little bit less dramatic and a little bit more boring if every night every contestant got to go back to a place and meet with their people because their people just watched everything that happened. It would be a totally different show. You would, you would see incredibly wise choices be made. You would see lives and emotions uh, that aren't just destroyed. And that's a little bit like life. 
It's a little bit like The Bachelor. I hate to say that. But it is. We don't know what's coming through the door. You don't know who's going to offer you a rose. And wouldn't it be great to have people that know you, love you, and care for you to go back to and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Can we talk through this? Can we pray about it? Can you call me? Can you hold me accountable to this? Because that is what the community um, that God has for us looks like. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this night. Thank you for bringing us each here, Lord. Because, God, this is a community. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to lean into this community. Um, Or whatever church that we may go to, I pray you would help us to lean into the community that you've provided for us. That we would know you and, and pursue you and encourage one another along the way. That, God, as we marinate in your word, we would be able to unpack it in community. To say, hey, this is what God's teaching me. What do y'all think? God, I pray you'd help us to respond in obedience, just like Bree said in her video, and that you would honor that obedience. And so, Lord, we, just, we give you our lives, we give you our friendships, we give you our time, and we give you our money, we give you our emotions and our choices. In your son's name, amen.